0: This episode is sponsored by Bedfordshire Hot Tubs. Relaxing in a jacuzzi is the perfect way to keep calm and carry on. Hello and welcome back to Keep Calm and Carry On. How are you all doing out there? And the sun has been shining. Yay! I mean, we've missed a summer almost, haven't we? But um, it is so beautiful. You know I love to talk about the weather, you guys. And for me, I even got a sneaky little trip in Milan so I did see some sunshine but I'll tell you more about that later so a big welcome to our wonderful sponsors this season Bedfordshire hot tubs yeah you guys have seen me hanging out in my jacuzzi (laughs) loving every minute and I promise you they are just so worth it so if you wanted to go and check them out or give them a call their website is www.bhtubs.co.uk and if you want to call them up and speak to somebody please do mention the special gift code <laughs> carry on and they'll donate to Acting for Others and boy do they need it after the last year that we've had they're a fantastic charity looking after lots of people in the arts that need help So our wonderful sponsors are gonna do that, which makes them awesome. Also, they're on Instagram, so go and check them out on there at BH Tubbs. Okay, so on to our special guest today. We had a chat uh, probably a couple of months ago now, but we had such a brilliant conversation. I grew up watching this woman on my screen, an EastEnders favorite, um, and of course, was in the charts, and we would all be bopping along to her songs. And of course, now she is performing back in Harry Potter in the West End. We had an amazing chat about everything theatre, music, TV, and I can't wait to show you this episode because I've just made an absolute new friend in in this wonderful woman. So please enjoy this chat and welcome the gorgeous Michelle Gale. Michelle, thank you so much for coming on my podcast, especially as you're at home. I mean, we've just been talking and laughing about the joys of lockdown and homeschooling. And, you know, you've got great mum voice, I think. You've got brilliant, like, stern mum voice. I am hopeless. My kids don't even listen. But thank you for being here. It's lovely to <laughs> have you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, you witnessed my mum voice. The, uh, <laughs>
1: yeah. When you have to try and get them to do something and actually listen to you. Um oh which I have struggled with, let's put it that way. <laughs>
0: it's tough though, isn't it? You know, I mean, for, especially someone like, like yourself that's done so many amazing things, you know, you you work constantly, you know, you've sung, you've acted, you've been on TV and to then suddenly, like we all have, be locked down and then you've gotta be teacher, you've gotta be, you know, mum, you've gotta be in the house. How has it been for you? Um. Uh, the teaching
1: bit, I definitely have failed. I mean, I'm just don't have the patience required. Mm. I am a terrible homeschooler. <laughs> Having said that, he did he did win a certificate uh, last week. And I felt, I almost cried. Like, it, it felt like I'd won an Oscar when he got a certificate <laughs> for English. Like, I literally got tears to my eyes because I just felt all this hard work. I feel a little bit vindicated, but I I just cannot wait for them to go back to school. Yeah,
0: to be lost. yeah, it's been rough, isn't it? It's so yeah. difficult, so difficult. Mm. I mean, there's so much to talk to you about. I, I, I Obviously, I've watched you on my TV screen. You know, I, I've, I've seen... I don't think we've actually ever crossed paths before and done no, anything No, I've seen you to, perform, though. Together, yeah. But it's, it's amazing but, how yeah. you watch someone and you feel like you know them because they're on our TV screens. And you've done so, so much. I, I like to you know secretly uh, stalk people before i have them on the show and and I, I it just bowls me over about how much you've done and literally it has been you know stage screen tv i mean you've done it all theatre and i i guess i want to know where where it came from like how did it start out for you what what was the inspiration how did you get into it all i think
1: as a youngster my house was full of music and my parents tell a tale of me, I was used to live in the Queen's Park area, of me at one or two going to Queen's Park and dancing, and oh everyone God. stopping to clap for me. <gasps> so I was literally a ham. I was born a total ham. I love that. So, um so so yeah, so they always knew, oh, she loves performing and I didn't go shy when they watched. They said I just mm. kept performing and and so it Began with dance. If mm. I'm honest, when I was really young, my cousin and I used to do these dance performances, and we um, applied to Tiz was or something. Tiz was. It, some, something <gasps> like the, it wasn't Tiz was. It was something before even Tiz was wow. we were tiny, yeah, really yeah. young, and it was a show that Melissa Wilkes, children used to. Um, was it Melissa Wilkes? One of the, one of the Melissas who was in Grange Hill. Mm. She used to present it. And children used to present it. And anyway, they just said, oh, we're looking for dancers to perform for this dance competition. And we entered, my mum my mom entered, my cousin and I, we must have been five or six. Wow. Um, and all I remember is um, we were outside and we could hear kids tap dancing <gasps> or singing like really musical songs. We didn't know musicals then. We would literally dance into like soul music. And yeah, we thought... Yeah we don't stand a chance but we're here now and then we got it oh, wow! and we were really shocked and we ended up dancing for a band called High Tension at the time with like a British soul band mm. and that was my first taste of television was dancing to this band um and my mum used to write plays sometimes and she used to get me to dance and perform in all these talent competitions wow so I think it was kind of The love of performing Mm. was in me. Mm. And then when I got to about eight, my mum sent me to a stage school. She just said, look, this is clearly what you love. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll send
0: you here. And then it started quite early for you. I mean, it, earlier than I discovered. You know, than I thought. <laughs> yeah. I, did, it's, that's, I mean, that is early, isn't it? To suddenly be on really a screen. Young. That's really early. Mm. But I, I think you're right. If you find that joy and you find that kind of, you know, some passion that early on. I mean, it's lovely to know, isn't it? Where where you want to go? What, or at least what yes. drives you? What What sparks you? That's that's kind of good to know. Because so many people find it so so much later or don't quite know their direction. But I guess it, Grange Hill came quite early then for you. I mean, was that the next thing? Was that the kind of thing? Fre- yeah, I I had funnily
1: enough, I had done Grange Hill as an extra before, um, or supporting artist. Um, so I really got to learn the inner workings of how, how it how it operates. Mm. Which is a really nice learning curve because then when I auditioned for a main part, I was fourteen. And I I was kind of familiar with the process of filming. Yeah. And and then I was straight in from 14 and kind of never stopped. I mean, obviously, I've had patches, but I've
0: kind of continued working in the industry since that age of 14. And was it weird? Oh, I say weird. Was it how how was it for you when suddenly you know again it wasn't like it is now when you know sky television we've all got a million channels we can watch what we want when we want we all watched the same three channels we all watched the same programs we would all watch grain chill after school we would all watch you know saturday uh morning television we so everybody knew who everyone was suddenly you know you're on the screen everybody's going to know you uh, you know going to school and suddenly you're going to be on their telly how was that for you being so young to suddenly being a household name as such you know from such a young age how was that? It was, it was tricky. It was hard to navigate. I I
1: think that it's weird because I think going to a stage school, they kind of prepared you for mm. it as much as they could. Yeah. But then the actuality of kids pointing to you at the street and saying things about you, you can never be prepared for Um I was lucky that I'd had the same friends that I'd grown up with since about five. Yeah. Well, one of them I'd known all my life because my mum and dad were best friends of her mum and dad. And another one had been my best friend since I was five. And because we kept together, in a sense I was I was still isolated and protected from having to meet new people who maybe mm. wanted to take advantage of me. So I'm always really grateful that I was grounded in true friendships at such a young age because I think that really helped me Not get too carried away Mm. with kind of people knowing who I was, and I still wanted to be friends with my old friends. I didn't want to lose lose that friendship, all Mm. those friendships.
0: Yeah, and I guess, like you say, it it did all happen relatively quickly, and you're still, you know, early teens. Did you? did you kind of see that happen? did you go I want to be on telly or was it just I'm going to see what happens what comes did you have kind of a this is this is where I'm going to go because I guess you'd had that glimpse of when you were younger and had that taste of it and like you say then been an extra on Granger was that something that you then wanted to continue doing it was weird because I would say at school they kind of singled me
1: out as you're going to sing and because remember As a kid, I was a performer, so I always Mm. felt I was a performer and and not an actress so much. So it just, it felt, I always felt a little uncomfortable in my skin being just an actress because I never, that was never meant to be my trajectory from school. My school was always blah, blah, blah as the actress and you're the singer-performer. So I I never felt, I, I think I had a bit of imposter syndrome, if I'm honest, so never felt comfortable uh 100 being an actress which is why even when i got eastenders i still felt oh i'm not gonna stay here this isn't my job yeah it's really weird i just felt that this isn't my role this is not what i'm supposed to be doing i'm not supposed to be acting so i couldn't take in the magnitude of doing a job like that, despite, you know, 80 million a week watching you, I never felt comfortable. (laughs) That's huge. (laughs) I never felt a qualified actress, and I never felt comfortable being an actress. It was was a very kind of strange uh, feeling for me, because everyone was so happy for me, and I should have been a lot more happier for myself, but I just felt uncomfortable.
0: Which Which is funny, really, because when you you'd gone through, um, you'd had so much experience already, you know, you, you especially now, you say, even going into EastEnders, you'd done the thing when you were five, you'd done the the exit, you'd done Grange Hill, which was massive, yeah. and then EastEnders, you would think that you would be like, papa, here I am, that's mad, that's mm. mad. Did, that's was there never a point weird, then that it? you got into EastEnders that you just kind of, like, settled into it? Because, you you know, you were there for a little while, and... It's massive, you know. It's a bit. It's huge. It's huge, EastEnders.
1: It's huge, and the people are brilliant. They're they're so talented, and I can say to you, when I took the job, I thought I'm going to take this job for like six months, raise my profile, so I can sing. I, I honestly, yeah. that's what I thought I would oh, do because I, I just didn't feel qualified. To be an act, I genuinely didn't think I was an actress. I thought I'm meant to be a singer. Um, And it's so weird that you can be put into boxes at school. It's really dangerous actually, Mm. that you can be put into this box at school to the point where you don't feel comfortable doing something else, which was a great job. Um, I just didn't feel comfortable. I just felt, oh, I'm meant to be singing because that's what school told me (laughs) I was meant to be doing. Um, And so when I took it, I intended to sing. And so um, all the time I was doing EastEnders, I was writing songs Mm. and I was pursuing, getting a record deal. And then when I signed a record deal, I was still filming EastEnders. And then um, once I signed and my first single came out, I said to EastEnders, I'm quitting. And everyone said I was mad. Even my record company said I was mad. (laughs) No! (laughs) My record company said, you don't have to quit. We're fine. I was like, no, no, but I have to because, you know, I'm a singer. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that yeah, that's and and did it I mean did because I, I, you know I always think that sometimes you know if I if I was to go into like a, a a very uh you know big soap or something I mean go into like I've got the choice but you know if, if that happened and then you can like you say get those lots of lovely viewers going oh great we know who you are now oh we might go and see you in a concert that's what you want you know you want that to to feed that did you did you find that happened Well, that genuinely
1: was the case. I I, I had nearly signed a record deal before I got EastEnders with a band and that all fell through. And that's why I took EastEnders as well. I really wanted that job. Mm. Um, And then I signed a record deal with BMG and uh, uh, they could tell because I already had my demos that I wasn't, an actress trying to yes sing just sing yeah mm-hmm. and they could tell that obviously you've really put a lot of time mm-hmm. into these demos and so they felt that they would um quite early on they realized that they would take me musically seriously um, and I I liked that. I loved it. I loved songwriting. I loved singing. And so I just thought I've got to quit EastEnders so I could give this a proper shot. Mm. And I don't regret it. It's just I just feel that I, I just hate the fact that I had this imposter syndrome about yeah. being an actress. But um, but I don't regret it. It was the right thing to do because I wanted to give singing um,
0: the best shot I could. Yeah, yeah. and And was you know you dream of those kind of things that you're being signed by a label and you, it all sounds uh, you know very I don't know it sounds exciting and then when you start to live the reality of it it's a lot different how was how was that for you because like you say when you started out you wanted to be a singer and had this journey or had this vision of being a singer how then was that when you actually had that moment I've signed the deal I've, you've got my demos how was it
1: I I was so excited to sign a record deal. I I still remember when they showed me my first CD cover, Uh just, I couldn't believe it. You know, these are the things I remember about recording, like with Joy, is Mm. that first CD cover, the first time I did Top of the Pops, you know, these things were like seminal moments because I used to watch these things and, and wish for these things when I was a kid. And to have done that was great. And I really enjoyed the performing live also and the, and writing. Yeah. But everything else it's not a fairy tale. You know, it's 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 it's, different. It's yeah. And there's just just a lot of back and forth and a lot Mm. of um politics that I just Mm. didn't want to get involved in. And just a lot of arguing and you know, sometimes you're arguing about singing the song that you don't want to sing. Yes. And you don't realise that until you're signed, that artists are made to sing songs that they don't like, because a record company says, if you don't sing this, you know, I'm gonna drop for you if you don't sing that, you know. And and I found that, a real eye opener, that hmm. I was constantly having to battle not singing songs that I didn't like. I thought it'd just be simple if I don't like it, I don't sing it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you realize that, no, it's not as simple as that. And these people have invested in you and now they kind of own you hmm. in a sense. Um and so it was tricky. This battle, this total uh battle all the time. But I can say Sweetness, I chose mm-hmm. that song. Such a good song.
0: It. Such a good
1: song. I chose it. I still remember when the producer and writer Narda Michael Warden he played it in his car and I said, I'm singing that song yes. And my own was like, Okay, do you like it? And it, it was it it was definitely a song that we all agreed on of mm. Sweetness and um I was really blessed to record that song and work with Narda Michael Warden, to be honest.
0: Oh, it was massive! It was so—I mean, who didn't know it? Again, it was—it was again, it was a different, different time. It felt like we were a little bit more—I um, don't know. There was—it wasn't we weren't saturated I feel like there was no. more direction and but but still you know the same challenges of if it's not just about being creative this it's so much more loaded than that which is such a shame because why we go into these business or this business is to be creative and to do what we want to do and see how that that is and there's I think you know as I've learned there's nothing more than more so joyous about putting something out that you love whether it hits or not if you love it and you're proud of it great if you yes. put something out that isn't doesn't tickle the boxes for you then and it do, it hits or it doesn't hit there's still that kind of oh <laughs> it's it's a trap because if <laughs> if
1: you sing something that you didn't like and it fails you feel really silly that yeah. you listened but if you sing something <laughs> that, that you don't like and it's a hit you feel trapped because people say i want more of that yeah. and i know friends who have been in that position yeah where people say well we want more of that this is your direction now and they're like this is direction i didn't choose i don't like mm. how do i break out of it so yeah it, it's anyone who gets the opportunity to be creative and and make the songs that they want to make um it's a joy
0: yeah and ironically it it if you're not if you are kind of guided into a slightly different position it's almost like you're acting again and you're using those performer skills to to be somebody else and the irony of when you're doing your music that's the time when you're meant to be you you're meant to be exactly. expressing you exactly. <laughs> there's there's time to act to be someone else when you're doing plays and shows and Oh, it's a, oh, I could talk to you about yeah. it for ages. And I think
1: that's why I fought so hard, you know. I think that is why I fought so hard, because I thought, I don't want to act this. Mm. Like, this has to be me. Yeah. Um. And so I wasn't... My A&L man and I had a few fallouts. I mean, we're great <laughs> friends now, but we did have a
0: lot of fallouts because I yeah.
1: wouldn't sing a song that I didn't like
0: yeah that's good though yeah. but that take I think that takes a real a, a sense of a person though a strength of person to 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 kick back and maybe because you'd had experience uh you know coming up through television and, and exposure and you had that strength to say no and I think lots especially young people going into music it it must be difficult because when like you say when you're Given that deal, when you're given that support to say no, I don't. That's not what is me. It must be really difficult. Really difficult. Yeah, I think it's
1: a very difficult um, navig- way to navigate um, the record industry mm. if you are, are being made to sing songs that you don't believe in and like. It's mm. very. It becomes very difficult.
0: Yeah. Um, so, t- I mean, combining both your talents, uh, all your talents, I should say, you found theatre or, you know, theatre was probably a natural place for you to go because, again, you sang, you acted, you bit, you acted, <laughs> you were on telly, you know, it, you'd, you'd done all those things. And then theatre... Some people come to that first and then find the you know the the TV. But you you found theater, and was that did that suddenly feel like oh I'm home now because I can do I can do all these I, things. I, there's nothing like the live experience, and so
1: theater for me the craft of that compared to yes it's hard work, but the the joy mm. of getting an instant reaction, and, and, and as you know when you're live on stage. It's never the same. People think, oh, it's the same. How can you do the same performance? It's never it's never the same. It's never the the same. The audience are that extra cast member, right? Mm, And you have a relationship Mm. with the audience, which then determines the kind of the energy you know on the stage and and the relationship. And it might be the subtlest thing, Mm. but but the audience play a part in every
0: show you do. Oh, huge That's all part. I can say. Yeah, huge mm. part. You know what? You've hit the nail on the head completely. I, a lot of questions are, oh, how do you do eight shows a week? How do you sustain it? You know, how, don't you get bored? And and it's such a different discipline, but you're so right. It isn't ever the same. There's always differences with people on stage as well, with mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. swings and understudies and this, that, and the other. And you're right. The audience is that that member that is always different because they're always a different audience depending on if they're a Monday audience or a Saturday night audience they're different oh it's it's so good it's so good so you um yeah bunch of shows I mean I I I can't believe you you did Harry Potter didn't you yeah I'm in (laughs) Harry Potter and the Cursed Child Jane Hermione that's massive are you still
1: in it now well obviously not at the moment but... but I am still if when it comes back I should say when it comes back yeah yeah yes, oh it I'm will I'm playing um, Hermione Granger as a as a as a grown woman with her own children and that show has been one of the best jobs I've ever done in my oh. life just phenomenal the quality of the people on stage and backstage is just superb and and the characters, you know, mm. the people that they are, it's a really special show to be involved with. Oh, really special. I and the s- magic is just breathtaking, you know? It's, just how meticulously oh, it's brilliant. they've
0: worked everything out. It's so brilliant. I, I remember seeing it, because obviously it's a commitment, isn't it? Because it's two shows. Yeah. Uh, and I mean and that's another level. I mean, to, like you say, to do eight shows, but to do... Two different shows. You, I mean, there must be days when you're like, where, which one am I in? What am I doing? <laughs> and <laughs> where then, are and we? <laughs> there just
1: moments where you're just, like, knackered. I mm. thought, I'm going to be in town. I'll meet friends for lunch in between shows. And I'm like this. Yeah. <laughs> I come like fast asleep. It's
0: a big show for it's, you guys.
1: We call it The Beast. It's, it's a beast. Yeah. It really
0: is. And you have to really pace yourself because it's
1: huge. Mm.
0: It's a huge show. And it's it, a lot of energy. It's having that responsibility of that of that Harry Potter brand, isn't it? And yeah. and all those kids that have kids and adults and everybody that have loved and watched those movies and read those books and now coming to see the show. I mean, do you feel that expectation? Yes, you feel the expectation. I mean, when when
1: the first scene happens and Harry comes out on stage, everyone just claps. It's mental. And yeah, you feel like a massive responsibility. Um, but I will say that the cast, are, they're so supportive. Mm. Everyone works in this kind of real symbiotic way where they're supporting each other and they get it and they get that it's a beast and they warn you, look, it's a beast. And they really take you through your paces. Um, it's a joy. It's a joy oh, to do. It's.
0: Yeah, it's I joy. loved it. I remember being just I didn't know what to expect you know I I I remember kind of going I really want to go to this when I'm in the right frame of mind to go and see it because I want to just immerse myself and I remember it just being like nothing that's out there at the moment it really did kind of push boundaries and and change my thoughts on on things and and surprised me and moved me and it's so beautifully done and the magic mm. the magic is just it keeps it's coming, fun. keeps surprising. Yeah. Do you have to sign a do you have to sign any agreement about not to talk about any of the magic? <laughs> um, yeah, it's
1: kind of a, a non-said a, a verbal yeah. contract that you don't. Um, but I will say that it's the magic is a massive responsibility and you have to be focused, mm. you know, because everyone's relying on you yeah. to make it work and you have to you really do have to all the cogs have to fit, you mm. know, and move at the right time. Um, and so that was difficult as well. I just, I just want to act. Why yes. are I going to stand in this little space?
0: Yes. You know, you just get really frustrated
1: sometimes. But then when it all comes together, you get it. And and it's a it's a joy after that point. But the, the rehearsals... How long did you get? I think we rehearsed for maybe 14 weeks, 12 weeks, 14 weeks. And wow. I've got to say... There were points where I just that's thought, long.
0: Oh, I can't do this show. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's ten weeks. I can't remember, but that's still quite long, isn't it, for a show? I mean, show you, really you know, for yeah. uh uh, it's usually maybe four, six weeks. Maybe yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, so that's it long. Was really, it's really
1: long, and that's because um, sorry, and that's because of all the magic mm. and how dangerous it is if you get things wrong, and because it's two plays. Of course, so you're learning two separate plays.
0: Of course you are. Mm. Oh my god! So it's like four weeks. So it's like maybe five weeks per play. Of course, yeah. Mm. Wow. Mm. Do you think you'll stay with it? Do you think you'll? I mean, it's probably a bit early to say, isn't it? Yeah, I'd like to, but (laughs) with what's going on at the moment, yeah.
1: But I'd love to because it's 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 a brilliant job to do. Absolutely brilliant job to do. Oh,
0: amazing! I'd love to come back. I'd love to come back and see you do it because it's one of those things that you know you see it for the first time and then it's almost like there's so much in it. I need to go back and see it again. Um, yes, yeah, come, I, come, come. I will, I will. Um, so, oh, I mean, jumping back a little bit, you wrote a novel, didn't you? Yes, you I a did. three novels.
1: Three! I, well, it was a trilogy. It ended up being a trilogy. Um, and then that was called um, Don't Lie to Me, Robbie Wilkins. The, the, the original was called Pride and Premiership and then they... Change it into a um, trilogy.
0: And that was, that was hard. So, where did that come from? Where did the, you know, you're going through your career, you're singing, you've been on, you've done EastEnders, you're on the telly, this, that, the other, you're doing theatre. Suddenly, oh, I'm going to write a novel. <laughs> where does that come from? I mean, from? I'd love to think it was as simple as <laughs> that. I, I think the two things I said to you at school,
1: one thing they picked up be at school was singing, and the other thing was, english literature i was always very good at, at writing stories and if the teacher used to say um write two pages i'd write 13 and oh, not because wow. i'm a not because i am a like of goody two-shoes because mm. i was quite rotten at school but <laughs> i loved i loved writings i always had that and then obviously i wrote songs as well mm. um and i just i did a literature a level and then i got Grange Hill. so i never got to do a literature degree but these are things that like i said you worked yes. worked years before mm. and i didn't just up and go oh i'm going to write a novel yeah. and i had actually like studied literature for come in it know, was in as, the making right so i've done a lot of the groundwork and then it just a, a novel idea came to me and i just thought i'm going to do it mm. just write it why not and once you start um where a lot of people are creative but i've met who who write uh, and can write books I think the one thing I had was the kind of discipline, the kind of strict discipline of doing your play, doing a script for TV and knowing that you've got to nail it yeah. and move on. Yeah. And I think that helped me to complete a book because most people I know can absolutely write, but what, but because they're unhappy with what they've got, they always go back. So they never go forward. Mm. So they never actually complete a book. So what I so what I did was I said, Right, I know, but I've done takes that I think aren't perfect. Or yeah. I've done and it's gone out and that's the end and you move forward. That that informed you on writing, because what it said to us, right, I'm gonna write a thousand words a day. Yeah. And then I'm gonna check them. I'm just gonna keep writing a thousand words a day because then I'll finish and I'll check. Then you can go back. Then you can go back. And that was the one thing that helped me to complete a book. because I I'd had the experience of not the best being taken you know being used and taken and that's it it's got to go out now you you know um and so I ended up writing a book and then going back and then going over it and then getting a, a book deal for it do you think you'll do another one at the moment what happened with that book is somebody signed it up and wanted to be to be on TV, and they said, "Would you write the script?" Because you can, you've written the book, and you've done TV as an actress. We assume you'd be able to write a script. So I went to a script course, and I've so what I've been doing recently is I have been writing, but scripts. Wow. Um. So I've written uh for an episode of Discovery of Witches, which is out now on Sky. <gasps> and, have you written yeah, one of
0: those? I, oh my God, yeah, that's huge. Episode, yeah, that's yeah, massive. Yeah. How was that? How was that? Because really that again, hard. that's like that's really a hard. that's really a big hard. jump, isn't it? Because something again, that's oh like huge. That's and and the pressure, like you say, really you've done a, you've done TV to suddenly go, that's hard. That was really hard. Wow,
1: that's really hard. I would written an episode of Wolf Blood before that, which I was in. Like, it's for CBBC, and that's a half hour. And then I'd written stuff that I wanted to develop. And in fact, the producers of The Discovery of Witch- Witches read one of my scripts that I hadn't hasn't been made yet and they said oh we think you'd be right um so I wrote for it so hard and it's really I've got to say the team are fantastic Mm. um because you need you need great script editors and um taking a look a a view over the whole series and they were fantastic so I ended up co-writing my my episode with uh Pete McTighe who was brilliant really helpful and um
0: yeah, and it's out now, is that, episode nine. Is that weird seeing your, something that, being an actress, be it something that you've written, seeing somebody else speak your words, is that strange?
1: Yeah, very strange. <laughs> it's very strange, yeah. It is. It's a, it's a joy, though, but it's just strange. Yeah, especially when I did Wolf Wolfblood because I was in it. So sometimes I'll be in a scene with actors who were doing my words and they'll be like, oh, can I change the line? And you're like,
0: let's go. Well, that's weird because, like you say, when you've been in that situation, and when you are, you know, say in a script, and something doesn't quite like yeah. flow for you, and then you're like, oh, can I? But to be on the other side of it, when you've yeah. been in those actors, you know, shoes, that must be weird. Did it? How did it make you feel, though? Did it? Were you in the end? First of all, you go. Mm-hmm tight yeah, yeah. and then you go hang on i've been there
1: yeah and you want the actor to say a line that works yes ultimately because if they say if you insist on them saying a line and it's stiff and it doesn't work it's it's failed anyway yeah yeah so um so then you you go tight and then you go exhale yes yeah, say what
0: works yeah yeah for you.
1: yeah
0: yeah did you ever think yeah. did, again? Because again, because you've been there, you ever like? Oh, I'm not really sure how you're doing that. <laughs> I have an It's issue just it.
1: like you just got to like shut your eyes really tight. Yeah, yeah, because it's it's unfair for me to then go. Oh, I, me- I meant I yeah. the line like this, mm. and everyone brings of themselves to mm-hmm. a part, and as long as the director's on board and on point usually What I've seen is it comes together. Yeah, it definitely comes together. If the
0: directors kind of doing their thing, you know, it that can make or break, can't it? We've all been yeah. there. We've all been there. Yeah. Um, have you had what's? Have you had like a um, a really tough moment? I mean, this this industry is bonkers anyway, and we all have to be quite resilient, and we have to, you know, wear different hats and deal with deal with no's, deal with yeses, deal with lots of ups and downs. Have you had a a, a moment that's been a lot tougher than the rest? And if so, what was yeah, it? And how Many, how, many, yeah, many, yeah. many. <laughs> yeah. But is there one that stands out? Is there one that was tougher? That, and, and what you did to get out of it or how you moved through it? Or um,
1: One was when I was dropped by BNG. I literally was in bed like for a while, like, oh, my God, what do I do? And then I, I got signed by EMI quite quickly but then that album never came out. That was devastating for me because I'd written that album and they had the change of guard and I didn't know what was happening. And I was, my husband was really worried about me at that time because I just, I shut down and was just very quiet and in bed a lot. Mm. Just really, really, really down. Um, and and then when I found out um, what had happened, and that they were not going to continue with the album. I just felt that I have to do something. And then luckily enough, that's when um, Disney asked if I'd like to audition for Beauty and Beauty. the Beast. And I said, yeah, it's oh. different. I want to, I, I hate, I hate the music industry. I literally hated the music industry at that point. Mm. Um, so that was a really tough time. And then after I finished uh, Beauty and the Beast, I had a child. And I thought, oh, you know, I'll take two years off. I'd worked so hard at that (laughs) point. I'll take two years off and look after my kid. Oh, my God. (laughs) Literally could not get arrested. Nobody (laughs) wanted to audition me. Like, just nobody cared. Nobody cared. No one one wanted to audition me. You know, if you take yourself... I definitely felt that the feeling was, if you take yourself out to the industry, good luck to you Mm. because... it it keeps turning and when you're no longer relevant and so it was really tough um to get back in and fight for parts and, Mm. and fight to be seen or auditioned and and I had to do various things to just you know keep moving and keep honing my craft and keep hoping that the part will come if I just mm. keep working. But it was very, very tough. Yeah, really hard.
0: Especially when you're, you know, when you do decide to have a family and you are vulnerable anyway, to then not have that support, you know, and something that you've put so much into mm. and and dedicated so many years and energy and so much of yourself into, that is difficult. And I, I'm not sure if it's if it's changing now. I don't think you're any more supported now. I mean, how do you balance being being a mum and and continuing doing this crazy industry I mean at the moment it's very different but you're you are doing a show and that is that's hard to yeah I I have to juggle
1: yeah it's really hard to To juggle and balance um by I always know in my heart I'm a mum first and I've made some probably what my agent would think is some appalling decisions on the strength of I'm not going to go there for four months Mm. to live you know and and that is not to disparage anyone else who does it Mm. because I know how hurtful it was to me to say I'm not going to do it and it's, it's but I also know that Um, because I do write it means I've got other options if you don't have another option of course you have to take the job you go away for four or five months you don't really have a choice in this industry because as I noticed and I as I experienced you will be forgotten and you will be told people will it will go around that you say no to jobs so don't bother Mm. Um, and so you do have to take you know jobs you you absolutely have to and that's what I learned I learned that I've got to take jobs even even if it's painful to be away if I get a decent job that's good I have to say yes close my eyes and hope it works out you know
0: it's hard isn't it but
1: yeah but I've been really lucky with my mum because my mum is retired and so when I've gone on tour uh, with a job a touring musical or play uh, my mum comes moves into the house and then helps run the house for me. That's so
0: helpful, isn't it? Because it's also, you know, you don't, you don't want to be, you can't be away doing your job if you're stressing about home and it's so difficult and you have to immerse yourself in the company and the show and the, what, what it is, you know, it's, it's, it's a tricky one. It really is. Um, What's, what's been kind of the highlight? What's been the best moment of the, of your career so far? I mean, I'm sure there's been many, but has there been one that stands out?
1: I think um, Harry Potter is one of my best jobs. I think once when I was uh, when I was um, signed to BMG, we did a Stevie Wonder was performing at Cafe de Paris, <laughs> and they called me up stage to sing with Stevie Wonder. <gasps> that is like, I'd like them to write that on the grave. Yeah. Once sold, once sang with Stevie wow. Wonder, the end. Wow, yeah. that's so massive. That's,
0: How was that? Yeah,
1: that's I mean, metal. I was nervous. I was like shaking, but it doesn't matter. It's Stevie, so. Oh, my I did it. God. And that's all that matters. Oh I
0: hope you got loads <laughs> of pictures.
1: <laughs> no, this is why I'm useless like that. I've got no pictures. It's oh. all it's all in my mind. Oh, wow. <laughs> the picture a in my moment. mind. It was a Radio One thing, so I'm sure someone's got a recording yeah, of it something. somewhere. But yeah, it's really Really, that's one of my oh. happiest moments.
0: And in, I, so, and Café de Pario is great, because it's like one of those intimate yeah. venues that's really- yeah. I think
1: it was actually at Ronnie Scott's actually.
0: Oh, it still? It may have been
1: at Ronnie Scott's, but it's a great, I mean, it's a legendary place. Oh my God, yeah.
0: how brilliant, wow. Yeah. Well, I can't let Michelle go without asking her my final question that I ask all my special guests. If you could look back at your 20 year old self and give yourself a piece of advice that you've been given or you would give yourself, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? Um, don't
1: take what you think is your image too seriously, because I think you can make some really bad decisions because you have a sense of who you are and what you don't realize is sometimes a lot of what who you think you are and who you should be playing actually doesn't fit what other people see you as especially with roles um and just let go I would say let go and lean and lean into um the joy of working without kind of putting all these kind of preconceived ideas of the type of work and the type of actress that you are
0: Amazing. What a brilliant answer. Thank you so much Michelle. You're an absolute Thank joy. You. I can't wait to Thank come back you. and see Harry Potter when oh, we get back on our stages. You, and uh yeah, thanks so much and all the best. Thank you. Bye bye. well that's it for another episode wow what a brilliant chat that was and what a wonderful human being michelle is thank you so much michelle for coming on the show i just absolutely love talking to you and i hope you have an amazing time in harry potter guys go and see the show it really is magical i was blown away when i saw it go and support the theater boy do we need it right now um thank you to our wonderful sponsors Bedfordshire hot tubs and of course a big thank you to my producer martin at peroxidemedia.com um thank you guys for listening tuning in i know i say it every week but it does really mean the world that you share this podcast that you're enjoying it i love hearing from you i love hearing your messages make sure you hit subscribe so you can hear next weeks we've only got two left in this season can you believe it we've got a great chat coming up next week and then I've got a very special surprise for you for the finale season finale of season four wow thanks so much for listening have a wonderful week um I will be performing a little bit over Christmas. I've just booked uh, a lot of uh, concerts, some at the Pheasantry, the Hippodrome. So keep an eye out. All the details are on my website if you want to come and see me at Christmas. I'm going to be performing all over the place. So it'd be lovely to see some of you guys there. Oh, are we already talking about Christmas? Ah, seems way too soon. Anyway, have a wonderful weekend. I will see you guys next week. And um, big love. And don't forget to keep going and carry on.